Welcome to another episode of Team Donico, helping pets and their people. I'm your host, Marilyn Milano, and as always, we're going to be having a bit of a chat with the president of the board of directors, Marty Casey. This is kind of a best of show where we're doing some segments from earlier in the year, and they kind of highlight some of the high points of what's happened with Donico and what we want to take away as we go into 2023. The other thing that I always like to remind people is that for those who don't know what Donico does, they help the pets of unhoused and low-income people, and they help the people as well. And so when you see a person on the street with an animal, you wonder, is that animal ever going to get care? What are they doing? Do know that there are options, thanks to the people at Team Donico. You can learn more on their website at donico.org. Lots of great history there and lots of great stories. But in any case, we want to get right to our show because we definitely have a lot to recap today. So we'll take a very short break, and then we'll come back with President of the Board of Directors, Marty K. I'm Marilyn Milano, your host of Team Donico, helping pets and their people. Donico Pet Clinic provides comprehensive care for the animals of people in need. Funded by donations and powered by volunteers, Donico Pet Clinic keeps overhead to a minimum to ensure healing is at a maximum. Hi, this is Marty. Please help Team Donico make a difference in the lives of pets and their people. Volunteer or donate today. Donico Pet Clinic. Log on to donico.org. That's D-O-N-E-Y-C-O-E. Welcome back to Team Donico, helping pets and their people, and welcome President of the Board of Directors, Marty Casey. It's always great to have you here. It's good to be here. So I understand we're going to be playing some segments that highlight some of the things that we want to focus on for 2022 as we head into 2023. And perhaps you want to start out by telling us a little bit about the first segment we're going to hear with Dr. Laura and Jana. And this is um, about the continuity of care. Yes, this was probably one of my favorite interviews this year that Marilyn, uh, conversations that you had. And it was when Laura and Dr. Laura and Jana talked about the difference that a, a permanent home made. And the key message to me that came out of their discussion was that now we can offer the continuity of care, meaning that we can make sure that the animals that have a problem or you know a critical need, that they are taken care of and they, they follow the steps that it will take to get to good health. And I think they explain it brilliantly. So without any further ado, we can play that segment. Sounds great. Uh, we have two amazing guests, Dr. Laura Cranhagen and Jana O'Connor. Dr. Cranhagen is a veterinarian. Uh, Jana is a licensed veterinary technician. And we're just going to talk a little bit about um, some of the positive changes that have been happening, what is going on with Donico, what people can expect. So first of all, uh, thank you so much, both of you, for being here. I'm, I'm so glad you could join us. Thank you. Happy to be here. So one of the questions that I'm sure people wonder about, because they've been hearing about how the new clinic is providing so much more care and, and so many more opportunities, what are some of the procedures that you've been doing that couldn't be done before? Uh, the kind of care, medication, equipment, that sort of thing. And you can both feel free to give your input on this. I'm sure that there is a lot that is happening that was not happening before 
uh, the new clinic started operating? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. This is Dr. Crayenhagen. Um, yeah, there's so much more that we can do now. And, you know, we used to have just two clinics a month and we now have 10 and we're now in a permanent home where we have the ability to take x-rays, to do ultrasounds, to do surgery and dentistry uh, when needed. But not only that, being present in a clinic a couple times a week allows us to do follow-up care that we couldn't do before. So that's allows us to practice a much higher level of medicine when we see a patient and we can say, hey, I want you to come back tomorrow so we can recheck or um, we're going to do some lab work and I'll be able to get those results to you tomorrow. And you, you can come up and pick up the medication right away. So we just have a much better continuity of care and a much higher level of, of ability to practice good medicine. Oh, yes. And having been through things with pets, even if I went to an emergency room with an animal, sometimes they don't have x-ray machines there or some of the ultrasound or some of the things that might be needed. And it is so important for the peace of mind, as well as saving the animal's lives, to be able to do diagnostics quickly and get answers quickly. And I'm sure it provides much better peace of mind for the pet parents. Yes, definitely. And um, I think what I've noticed is, you know, sometimes we'd see clients once and, and maybe not again for several years. And in, in our current setting, we're seeing them coming back for rechecks, um, having dialogues with them, developing relationships with them. So that will provide us with the ability to uh, educate about preventive health and, and just have a, a, a better client-doctor relationship. There's just so much more continuity, so much more ability to follow through, to keep tabs on how the patient is doing. It must be very heartwarming and encouraging to see that. I think, yeah, the, the continuity is pretty amazing. Just that is something that doing only two clinics a month, that was really hard to follow up on. And you would see a patient at a clinic and then kind of wonder for the next couple of weeks, how they were doing and being able to contact people. We are able to talk to our clients through email. Mostly everybody has email. Um, so they're able to reach out to us in the same way that we're able to reach out to them just to check in and see how things are going. And so getting those updates of the pets improving or not, I think is really valuable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What what are some of the biggest changes you've noticed since this new model has been started? I mean, are there things that just really stand out? I think just the being able to track and follow patients as far as the medications they're getting. We have so many animals on chronic medications, heart medications, things like that. You really yes. want to keep an eye on the patient yes. on a regular basis to make sure that the meds are working and that nothing else is coming up. And just the fact that we're able to have people, you know, show up for a visit pretty, you know, kind of planned saying, Hey, come in sometime this week. And we're able to see them and check in on those patients. It's just amazing to see. I think they're getting much better care. Um, even though previously having just the two clinics they are still getting more care than they would have. Yes. This is just building on it and even better. All right. We are back now with president of the board of directors of Doni Marty Casey with another segment to play that highlights some important things from Doni Co's 2022 uh, endeavors and adventures and everything that they accomplished. And this focuses on the fact that they all deserve a chance. It's a, a conversation with Dr. Sherry Trusheim. Yes, and Dr. Trusheim has been such a and is such an incredible partner for Donny Pet Clinic, and we have learned so much from her. The way that she operates her business, and we can translate a lot of that to our clinic, and we try to. But if 
we offer smart care that's efficient and it's sensible. We don't go overboard providing services that aren't going to go to the core issue of helping the animal, that we can serve more. Every animal deserves care. And whether it be in the for-profit model or the non-profit model, the same principles apply to delivering that care to all the animals in need. So I think I'll let you listen to her explain how that all works. That sounds great too. So since a lot of people who are listening might not even know what urban animal is and probably don't know you, um, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your background and how it led you to open urban animal. And then kind of a description of what urban animal is, the vision that you had for it, what it is now. And then I, I understand that some things in your previous background also helped make it a success for you. So I'd love to have you tie that in as well, if you can. Sure. Uh, so urban animal is a uh, Seattle based group of veterinary practices uh, owned by myself. We have three practices now and about 105 employees We started about a decade ago with myself um, having been a practicing veterinarian for about 15 years. And honestly, most of those years spent in referral and emergency medicine. So when you have to go to that 24-hour place when your pet is really sick, uh, sometimes the worst has happened, working in that environment. And it, it was an incredibly rewarding job, really challenging, but I became sort of overwhelmed by the the struggle and the cost and just how expensive. And it felt as though the only people we could really help were people who had significant means. And that just stopped resonating. And so I said, well, what if we did it different? What if you took a bunch of very talented folks that do this all the time and put them into a model where they just helped whoever came to the door in the most efficient fashion that they could and helped all pets, whether they just need to be vaccinated or whether they were really sick or needed emergency surgery. And what if you just saw as many patients as you could and you weeded out all the the waste and, and you just practiced what we term smart and sensible? In other words, you don't do a bunch of things you don't need to do, but you have talented folks that can act when needed. And, and also just really candid conversations. In other words, sometimes just because you can do things and they're medically available, that may not be the right situation for that pet or that owner. And sort of getting outside of the norm of just recommending gold standard and pushing that is sort of where I felt our industry was going. I really wanted to to dial that back and meet the client and the pet where they were. And it was overwhelmingly successful. We have grown like gangbusters. We pretty much operate just a walk-in services model. And so we do urgent care. We, you know, everybody's opening urgent care veterinary practices right now. We've been doing it for 10 years and we do it alongside happy, healthy, new puppies and kittens, which is sort of helps balance, you know, the compassion fatigue and just the drain and emotional, you know, drag that the job can have sometimes. So it sort of created this balance and community minded to try to help as many people as we could and keeping our prices affordable. I think that's so important. I mean, I personally just experienced losing a pet after six days in and out of emergency to congestive heart failure. It was devastating. Uh Yeah. Um, I lost one six months before that after dealing with um, Cushing's for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Now I was able to take care of them 
But I have other friends that if one thing were to come up, even for a few hundred dollars, it would make a huge difference. And what we've been finding, and we talked about a little bit on this show, uh, so many of the emergency care places, they'll now tell you you have to wait six hours, you know, in the car. Mm -hmm. And so you're saying that people can simply walk in, uh, whether it is a small, uh, a small treatment or a major thing, they can walk in and be seen. Yes. Well, and the last two years have made that challenging. For a period of time, we weren't walk-in. We're back to our walk-in model. We, just like the ERs and just like every practice in town, is struggling to meet the demand. So we do still have long wait times. Um, it, it is not easy to see any veterinarian anywhere right now. So I would definitely not say just walk in and we can help you because that would be misleading. But okay. we've we've really put our focus on trying to keep care affordable and trying to create option-based care for folks. And one of the things I always wanted was a quote-unquote nonprofit arm of Urban Animal with the idea that we help everyone, right? Where the community's veterinarian is was sort of our goal. And, you know, as, as years rolled on, I think the conclusion we came to is, you know, we don't need to reinvent something. We just need to find someone, something, an organization like Donico Pet Clinic that's been doing it for 30 years and create a partnership and, you know, work with them. Because the reality is it's hard to find veterinary employees right now. That's what I'm hearing. Yes. And, and so to find veterinary professionals who have it in them to volunteer time, I think is very challenging. So what if We could create a situation where veterinary professionals, as part of their regular work week, could give time to the less fortunate folks and their pets that need care. And I think that sort of, for us, helps to create, you know, the most desirable workspace and the best way to be a veterinary professional. And that's when you can help all pets and not just pets that come from people who have more. I think that's so important, and that's why I was so impressed with the whole Doni Co model. All right, Marilyn Milano, your host here, and we're bringing back Marty Casey to talk about the third episode that we're going to uh, take a little snippet from. And again, this is from Dialogue. This is from the same show with Dr. Laura and with Jana, and it's about triage and emergency care and the cost of supplies and the importance of volunteers. Yes, as I said, this was one of my favorite shows last year because it's just such a pleasure watching Dr. Lara and Jana go to work and, and do so much for the animals. And one of the, the discussions was about emergency care and triage care and that at no matter probably right now we're unable to meet the demand with running two pen clinics a month. And I think even if we doubled it, we would still not be able to meet all of the demand. Um, we would love to work our way out of a job where there was no demand, but unfortunately there is. And um, the doctor talked about what they do to make sure that if somebody does come with a critical issue, how we do triage and make sure that the animal is taken care of that day. And if someone shows up late and it's a true emergency and we are unable to deliver We don't have the means to be able to help them. We do refer them to one of our for-profit clinic partners to help them 
so they can take their animal there immediately. Yes. And then one other thing is, is that as we serve more and more animals, the amazing thing is we need more and more supplies and equipment and those type of things. It's kind of like Pandora's box. The more we do, the more we need, and then we want to do more. So I will let you listen to this one. What happens in the case of like, you've got a full docket, you've got a full day, there are a lot of pets coming in, and then there's like a life-threatening situation or an emergency. Do you refer them out to like an emergency clinic or are you able to help those, you make space for them or how does that work just for the, you know, information for our folks that are listening out there? Yeah, we try and, you know, we usually have a line of people um, kind of waiting to be seen. If we know there's something that's really life-threatening or sick, we, we would, you know, kind of bump them to the front of the line to get seen more quickly. Yeah. Typically, we thankfully we haven't had this situation come up um, uh, too often yet. Um, we would do whatever we can in clinic to stabilize them. You know, maybe you know, run some tests to, to right. give them some fluids. But then, yeah, if it if the care that's required um, is beyond what we can supply at the clinic, then we would find a place to send them. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Well, again, I know that with Donico, the the uh, priority is the care and health of the animals and, of course, um, their people if there's a situation there as well. So um, I, now I know that when this clinic was set up, there was a lot of great equipment that was donated and so forth. But I understand there are still some uh, things that need to be purchased because there always are ongoing expenses with anything like this. So um, what has been and what will be necessary to operate at a high quality level since income is not a barrier, I mean, it's wonderful not to have to say no to someone because they don't, you know, they can't afford $8,000 on a given day or something. But what's needed right now? What's the, what, what, what would you want to tell our listeners? I think we need a we need a couple surgery monitoring pieces of equipment. We need a, a second multi-parameter monitor to monitor our patients that are under anesthesia and along with that, a Doppler blood pressure unit. So those are a couple of things that I know would be great to have, but we've been doing okay without them, but that would just make everything even better. So there may be people listening that are in the field that might say, gee, you know, maybe I can, I can get access to that and donate it. But if not, anyone can go to the site and make a donation and say, you know, we want to help with the equipment, right? I mean, and whether it's $5 or 500 or 5,000, it's all going to be helpful. One of the things I try to let people know is don't feel embarrassed if your donation is small. Um, they all add up. They're all important. I know many pet rescue groups that really survive on $5 a month donations from their people. So um, what do you what do you think about that? Oh, yeah. Any any amount helps. Yeah. The, the big piece of equipment we need is this anesthesia monitoring. But also with increased clinic hours and seeing so many more patients, we are dispensing a lot more medications. We're giving a lot more vaccines. We're offering microchips now. Um, so just keeping our inventory stocked is, yes. um, you know, is a much higher expense than we've had in the past as well. Of course, of course. So, I mean, you know, with great change and opportunity comes also great responsibility and sometimes great bills. And so that's important to remember. Uh, Donico has expanded. There are so many more services. So many more animals are being helped and their people are being helped. But there is a need. It's an ongoing need. And vet costs have risen because the cost of everything has risen. And so um, 
you know, I know uh, that the Donico donors have been very generous. Just so many people have have contributed to the cause. How can our listeners help you otherwise? Do you need volunteers? Are donations more important? What's really top of mind and top of, you know, priority right now? Well, I think we could definitely use more volunteers that have experience in the veterinary space. Okay. Um, veterinarians assistance so that you know we can you know eventually be open for more hours we just need more people for that to happen right um you know jana and i both have jobs at a traditional vet clinic as well and um and a lot of veterinarians and veterinary assistants are you know it's covid was hard and they're yes. burnt out but i can just say that I, boy i leave every clinic just feeling um like i really I really helped people and, and, and their pets that day. And it, it really has, it does renew my, um, my love for veterinary medicine every time I work at the Doni Clinic. So anyone who has experience in the veterinary field and wants to jump in and join us would definitely be welcomed. Yeah, and it can be just a few hours a week, right? Absolutely. You know, I, I think that's so important. And what you say is so right. When we are helping others with causes we care about, and we're doing good out in the world in our circle, you know, again, with the causes we care about it, it's very healing. It's very uplifting to our souls. Um, there's just something wonderful about making a tangible, measurable difference and seeing the happiness and the relief on people's faces because their pets have been helped. So, um, yes, if anybody is thinking uh, right now, you know, gee, I could spare three or four hours a week, go to the website, check it out, donico.org, D-O-N-E-Y-C-O-E.org. All right. Thank you. That was so informative and wonderful and a great way to really get a feel for how 2022 went. And we have such high hopes for the future. So thank you, Marty. Uh, thank you, Dr. Laura and Jana. Thank you, Dr. Sherry Trusheim. And uh, for more information, again, go to donico.org where you'll find stories, information, ways to donate, ways to help. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our president of the board of directors, Marty Casey, for all that you do. And we're going to take a short break and then come back with Eric Crema and another episode of Celebrity Pets. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Marty. Please help Team Donico make a difference in the lives of people and their animals. Donico.org. That's D-O-N-E-Y-C-O-E dot org. Coming up next on the show is a special feature courtesy of your friends at Team Donico. It's Celebrity Pets with Eric Crema. And welcome to this edition of Celebrity Pets. Hi, I'm Eric Crema, and thank you so much for joining us. In studio, I'm so happy to have Shelly Hart, the famed Workday host at Warm 106.9. I just love that theme part. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I've earned that after all these years. Theme! <laughs> You've earned it. Oh, boy, sure have. Huh? Absolutely. Been here a long time. I tell people, I think I've just become a part of the Seattle fabric. I'm almost like the village people with all the hats that I wear from working with the storm and working with O.L. Rain at Lumen Field and C. Fair Queen and yeah. radio. And it's like, you know, you got a gig for me, I'll do it. People ask me, where do you work? I just say Shelly Hart. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> well, I know something else you love. You have a couple of great animals in your life. You have Mr. Banks and Suge. I love those names. Oh, the Suge is short for Sugar Bear. She's my golden retriever. Now in her twilight oh. years. And for anyone that's ever owned a golden retriever, you know, is 
as they as they mature, as they as they enter into their senior years, they just get sweeter uh, and sweeter and sweeter. And yeah, she's she's my she's my mama girl. Yeah, Goldens are funny that way. You're you're absolutely right. It's like, am I being sweet enough? Right. Can right. I, can they I just amp look it up? with those eyes like, hi, mom, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people know about Mr. Banks. Yeah. Boy, he, that cat just fills my heart. He's a rescue. A lot okay. of people don't know this. And that's how he got to the name uh, Mr. Banks. There's that Disney movie with Tom Hanks called Saving Mr. Banks. And um, I had done okay. some work with, with Paws. And I had recently had just... Uh, put down my other cat, and I was a Persian. I'd had her for about 18 years, and I did pause walk. And they were like, "Do you have a rescue pet?" And I'm like, "No, I've got a golden at home. I don't. No, I don't. I've, I'd never experienced owning a rescue animal." Hmm. And uh, they said, "Well, you've got to get a cat." And I said, "Oh, I just put my other one down, and I'm kind of partial to Persians." And they're like, oh, "We never see those." <laughs> I'll tell you what: the power of attraction and putting that stuff out there—you know, that energy out there into the universe—within a week, they called and they said, "You'll never guess what it. just happened." We just had a stray brought in, and it's a Persian, and he's a hot mess, and he was too. He was, because he's mostly a white cat with you know a couple of black spots, and he was yellow, and the hair was overgrown, mm. and just mad, and he was he was so sick, and I said, well, and it's a, it's a male, and I'd always owned female animals, okay, so I I went in and and looked at him and fell in love with him right away, and uh, so the name Mr. Banks came. Well, he's a male cat i've never had a male animal before so it's going to be mr something and i saw the movie saving mr banks love it yeah from disney so it just seemed to fit so that's how he got his name mr banks the cat that's great so now persian does that mean high maintenance it does it means taking him to get groomed it means combing him every night because don't you know he just loves <laughs> that and whenever he drinks water because of the squished face you know everybody looks at him and goes oh he's an angry cat i'm no really he's quite happy but when he drinks water he puts his whole face into it and then he'll come to you and be like and you know water dripping it's like okay so i've got like these little towels all around the house that oh oh oh, i got you i got you okay so who's running the show here i think it's mr banks (laughs) it's not me i guarantee that oh that's wonderful now do they get along they do get along although he you know when we brought mr banks home he owned that house from the second he walked in and he laid down the groundwork it just says as cats do but you know these you know, I talk about home, and I think about those two animals, and it, they make my day after all the things that I mentioned that I do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot that goes on, you know, in, in my world, and all these appearances everywhere, and, you know, I can go to a storm game, and there'll be, you know, we just had over 12,000 people at the last game, there's all this going on, or I'll do the torchlight parade for Seafair, and there's people and people, but when I go home, it can be such a quiet space to go from hearing your name and just being around a lot of people which I love to do and then I walk in the house Mm. and as soon as I walk through the door who do I see yeah and I can hear Bubba sometimes as she hears me at the gate I can hear that (laughs) from behind the door and Mr. Banks is just sitting there and as soon as I walk in it's what I get is just like you know (laughs) Um, they, they just fill my heart. They oh, really that's do awesome. fill my heart. And I got to tell you, a rescue pet, if you've never experienced one, they're the best. It's, it's as if they know, you know? Mm-hmm. It's as if they know. Absolutely. And I, and I know they know. Well, one thing I know is I'm appreciative of you. Thanks so much for your time today on this edition of Celebrity Pet. Keep loving those animals. I know you will. Oh, you know I will. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. 
Have a wonderful day. Team Doni Co.'s Celebrity Pets is supported in part by Jerry and Lois Photography, where memories and dreams take flight. Learn more at jerryandlois.com. Team Doni Co. hopes you enjoyed the Celebrity Pets interview. Be sure to listen for more in our upcoming shows and log on to donico.org to learn ways to help animals in need.